We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Prediction is helping to give back for the holidays. Support the Center for Educational Innovation to help give kids life skills through esports. You can make a difference for Giving Tuesday by going to bit.ly backslash CEI esports. That's bit.ly backslash CEI esports. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show on Prediction. We are live from NYC, and I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week, we will be discussing youth and high school esports. Just a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Jad Smeltzer, the esports director at the Center for Educational Innovation. CEI has created its own unique esports program that provides local NYC students with a complete overview of the esports ecosystem. This includes providing innovative ways to build character, as well as to promote career and college readiness through the program. Jed, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's uh, really awesome. Excited to be here. So to really briefly introduce the topic, there's been a steady rise in competitive esports in high schools and middle schools across the country. In fact, the National Federation of State High Schools Association says that 72% of teens regularly play video games. And if you look down the street or in any restaurant, you know that this fact has to be pretty true. So as a result of this, the association has really started to embrace this world and start organizing high school on high school tournaments. To kind of build on this, they partnered with PlayVS, which is unique online platform that actually lets the different schools compete against each other through the platform, tracks the different stats, and really provides a real competitive area for them to battle. Recently, 
Association announced the rollout of a high school esports program in 15 different states where a bunch of different local high schools will compete against each other. Then there'll be a statewide champion and everything will be conducted through the PlayVS platform. So as we can see, there's really a new shift in youth sports. It's not only the soccer and baseball and Little League and the things that were traditionally known for. There's now a rise in esports and you know youth organized competitions where you have different games, League of Legends, Overwatch, really any competitive title. And now you see the mainstream especially the school administration embracing this and making it part of their curriculum and giving new outlets. So maybe you don't play tennis or swimming or hockey, but you could still build teamwork and learn these different unique skills for you to grow in this new environment. So, you know, to kind of talk a little about our guest, um, tell us a little bit more about your past experience, Jad. Yeah, so I come from the traditional sports world. Uh, I was a big-time athlete growing up. Uh, always played video games as a kid, uh, all the way through high school, college, even in the pros. Um, so I always kind of combined the two worlds and uh, kind of now doing the same thing. So um, now the only difference is we're using this uh, kind of platform to reach out uh, to kids to kind of teach them and kind of build a, a new way to... Um, get kids involved with sports again from from the competitive video game side of things. Interesting. So tell me a little about CI and their esports program. Yeah. So our our program is a multifaceted program uh, that provides opportunities for all students to experience and use esports um, as a platform uh, to basically acquire um, you know critical communication skills, collaboration skills, problem solving skills all to make sure that they kind of, you know, thrive both in school and out of school as well. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the program, like, you know, kind of just explain it a little bit. Yeah, so our program has three different levels to it. So the first level, we really touch upon kind of the the industry of video gaming and the industry of esports. Uh, the second level we go into is the critical, uh, the the development and the life skills training of the program and then the and how do you kind of do that yeah so we we go into different areas of teaching these kids about you know teamwork and collaboration um, about goal setting mm -hmm. and all these opportunities that you would have experienced playing traditional sports uh, that may not be kind of at the forefront right now when they are kind of playing at the schools so what's kind of an example? What are, you know, one of these skills that you're trying to help them develop? Yeah, so one of the biggest things that we focus on are goal setting. So we have the students do daily journals um, every session. So we really want the students to start understanding what they're doing and why they're doing it. So before they actually get to play, they actually have to write down what their goal for the day is and what their goal is for the camp. And then at the end of the at the end of the day, at the end of the program, they actually have to say whether or not they attain that goal and why. Mm -hmm. So it kind of puts a little of the, you know, retrospective on them that, you know, they're finding goals and they're trying to achieve them. And, you know, when they achieve them, it gives them, you know, this real sense of accomplishment. Exactly. Interesting. So I know that you've kind of thought about the future of the CEI esports program and 
So kind of where is it going from here? Yeah, so our main focus initially was on middle school students. Um, that's an area that we felt wasn't really, um, no one was really paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also felt it's a really good stage to kind of introduce the, the kids to a topic. Um, and, you know, we're in the near future, we're looking to get into the high school scene um, and kind of bring our program to the next level and, and take that next step. So do you feel like it's like, oh, it's, it's less for the high school kids, like, oh, it's not cool to play video games at the school. Like, it's kind of like that mentality. Exactly. So with the middle school kids, um, a lot of them are in after school programs. Um, so we actually, you know, they need to stay there. You know, they're, they're looking for programs to do. And with us coming into the school and providing this opportunity, uh, they have a little bit more open mind. Um, so they're, they're, you know, excited to be able to play NBA 2K after school and learn mm-hmm. more about basketball. Right. And it kind of gives them the competitive spirit because you're playing against classmates and other people that you're friends with. Exactly. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means. Gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Untucked shirts always fall at that just right length, no matter his size. So he always looks casual and sharp. Ever seen an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untucked style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuckets, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed look of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use blue for 20% off Check It. That's UntuckIt.com and promo code blue for 20% off. Awesome. So why do you feel that working with this you know, demographic, the middle school, high school age, is ideal? Um, it's, it's interesting because we really take, you really think about this where, um, you know, we're going into the schools with our, with our basically coaches, um, that know how to work with the kids, but also know how, know how to play the game. Um, so now we kind of take coaches out of the equation, which tends to be one of the biggest issues in traditional sports, uh, that kids kind of feel like, you know, coaches and parents take over the game mm-hmm. where we allow the kids to kind of be kids we let them be flexible we let them be creative um, but we also kind of control it so um, there's a very good balance between the two awesome so I know that this is really probably in its infancy but being a standout high school player yourself going on to college and you know may or may not have had a shot in the minors against a team that we won't mention on it. <laughs> You know, this is Yankee land. But anyway, um, do you feel that in the future, you know, standout high school players are going to be kind of steered towards different colleges or pros the way that traditional sports are? Yeah, this is this is the biggest thing right now that, you know, everyone's trying to figure out. Right. Um, With 
Twitch and with professional, you know, kind of tournaments going on, uh, the layout of where kids make money and what that next step is, right? So um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see if a kid is going to be able to make uh, the jump to college, but also still be able to stream if that's one of his uh, ways of, of bringing in money. Um, and if he is on a professional team, you know, where does going to college and where does the professional team kind of fall into place? So it's a really interesting kind of platform that's still being developed. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're kind of bringing up the NCA issues. And I know a couple years ago there was a skier, Jeremy Bloom, who I think had a big lawsuit against the NCA because he was a professional skier and wanted to compete in the Olympics. And, you know, you're starting to have, you know, say you're a professional gamer assigned to Team Liquid or Immortals, you're probably getting a monthly salary. You may get a, you know, maybe competing in prize pools or leagues where you're earning income. Yep. How is this going to interact? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, right? So at the same time, as a professional athlete, you know, you have a requirement to the team, the organization, to be making sure that you're maintaining your skill level, uh, but you're also, you know, committing yourself to college and university and making sure you attain good grades, going to class. Um, so it, it just comes down to that balance. Cool. So, I mean... How do we kind of make this process better? It seems like it's really in infancy and it needs developed from, you know, people who have really experienced it on the highest level possible pretty much. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that we have to truly look at is it comes down to where universities are at for funding the students and what the level of commitment the universities are making the students have. Um, because at the end of the day, they're student athletes, right? So um, if you have someone who's making, you know, doing a professional career and being a student and trying to compete on a team, it's, it's, a, it's a balance that, uh, that it's going to be a lot for the kid. Yeah, and considering most pros are playing, you know, 12 to 15 hours a day, like they're boot camping from when they wake up to lunch, then from lunch to dinner and right. then to sleep, like you don't have time to do write a paper study for a test and kind of is there a balancing there yeah it's it's interesting so i think i think it comes down to really making sure that as you know as agents start coming into the scene and making more of a splash um it's about making sure that agent has your back and has the understanding that you know if you do sign with an agent you have a representative you know, what are they looking out for? Are, are they really looking out for your best interest in terms of making sure you're staying balanced with the schoolwork, making sure you're staying balanced with your, your team um, and your just life in general? Because at the end of the day, too, uh, you know, you're going to want to hang out with friends. You're going to want to hang out with people. Yeah, you want to be a person at college. Exactly. You're still young, so. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think that you kind of bring up a point that we've explored in prior episodes that as the professional realm around esports and professional gaming continues to mature, you will have these opportunities where someone is amazing at the game and they're on Overwatch, but they're also 18 or 19 years old and they want to go to college. Yep. And at the end of the day, there's only a shelf for gaming. It's not like you, there's that many 40, 50-year-old gamers that are competing at the highest level. So having this educational background, especially as someone who looks at your job posts and some of these things, a lot of these esports jobs kind of require 
a bachelor's degree of some sort. They don't really want people, you know, 18, 20 years old who don't really have this formal experience. They value that and unless you're obviously like a superstar and you have this other world experience that could balance it, if you don't even have the opportunity to attend school or get this degree, you're kind of really advantageous. Yeah, and I think, too, what a lot of the times people forget is, you know, for me coming from the baseball side of things, you know, I spent six years in the minor leagues. Um, I went to Cornell. Um, I focused on my degree, but then I also wanted to, to take the professional leap and try and make it to the big leagues. Um, it didn't work out. So I had a nice fallback plan with that degree. Um, so it's one thing now that I kind of look back at my experiences from the professional side of things and kind of how things were dealt with with some of the other you know, teammates of mine along the way. Um, so it's a really interesting path now for eSport athletes to say there's a lot more opportunities for the athletes to make money uh, from the professional side in eSports than let's say baseball. Um, so it's, 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 it really comes down to really making sure that you own your own brand, um, and you're really making sure that you're maximizing, um, yourself and your abilities, which in turns, you know, gives you that opportunity of learning these kind of life skills, um, without having to actually go to, you know, an academic university. So it's kind of that hard knocks, uh, way of learning. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're kind of touching on a point that most people, you know, even top overall picks, surefire players, like, this is the best draft pick in decades, <laughs> don't always pan out, you know? And if you're a one-and-done and, you know, you're one-and-done in the NBA too, like, you, you don't have that many options. It, it really put yourself in a bad position and it's really hard to go back to 25 26 and get freshmen and get into that mindset especially if you haven't been a real student in you know you're 18 or 17 back in high school it, it really changes things so in your opinion how big do you really think you know high school and youth esports can become i think it be, i think high school can become huge um i think the youth sports is a very interesting approach uh, the more and more that I'm kind of seeing the, the circuit, I think the middle school level is really where it should be capped at. Um, just because from a coaching standpoint and from a facility standpoint, um, at the current time, there aren't a lot of gaming centers um, across the country. Um, here in New York or in California, in Texas, there's a lot of things that are starting to pop up. Exactly. But in the middle of the country, you know, it's not everywhere. So the accessibility is always going to be the biggest question. But at that high school level, you're going to start to see a lot more influx coming in because of the opportunity with colleges starting to really start to pick up programs. Do you see, do you like think that colleges are going to start like, you know, recruiting in, looking at high school programs like, wow, like this kid's amazing at Overwatch. We need him for us. Yeah. So it's interesting because when I look at companies like PlayVia, or even like the high school esports league, it's really interesting because you know a lot of people see the competition and see you could be the state champ or the national champ, um, but realistically, no no university right now is going to recruit you like for football 
because you're on the state championship team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're really looking at what your stats are off, you know, off of the team, and what your stats are, you know, when you're playing, you know, outside the this, the school. Yeah, they're looking at you as the individual. Right. So how, how do you think this is going to develop? Do you see, you know, the middle school kids just kind of growing up with it and the same way you and I would join the Little League with all our friends, they'll join the Little League of Legends League. <laughs> you know? I, I think we should actually trademark that. I like that name right there. The Little League of Legends League. The Little League of Legends. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's what it really comes down to is, you know, the middle school age kids are going to start getting more comfortable with being part of a video game club or being part of a video game league or camp mm-hmm. and then as they get older once the high school really starts to develop and the college starts to develop it's second nature to them um the stigma of like oh you're in the av club like you're gonna go home and play starcraft all night isn't it's like yeah obviously i'm in the av club like it, I'm, I'm great i love starcraft like that's what i'm gonna do on my friday night exactly i think I think too we're we're gonna be seeing a big shift um, from the the communication side of things where you know now I would hope at least you know schools are gonna start to develop their own you know newsletters uh, their own broadcasts so now the students that are doing broadcasts for the esports can, can now start shoutcasters and announcers and training exactly so now you're gonna start to see a lot more interactivity within Syracuse, the community. if you need a you need someone to help your communication school, you have the first outcaster program in the world. It's up. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that's where I think that's where we're at. I think that's the direction that, you know, we'll start to see and, and realistically it comes down to technology and, and how much schools are willing to put in and mm-hmm. what the outcome of the students, right? Do you think it kinda of comes down to Field hockey is lovely and great, but the NCA doesn't make that much money from it. So how much time and effort is, you know, a Florida State or one of these huge powerhouse schools, SEC programs, yeah. going to put towards esports if the amount of money you get back is negligible? Right. I, th- I think the biggest thing for them is for the larger universities, I think it comes down to more of a branding play. Um, to get their to get their brand out in front of more uh, students, and then for the smaller universities, that's where I think this is a home run for them because now, you know, these smaller universities could put a lot more money towards building out an esports team than they can to build out a football team or basketball team. Exactly, and you can have a state of the art gaming facility that you could host everything. In, you know, and like you said, you're in the midst of Cincinnati, Ohio, University of Cincinnati. You have colleges not too far, high school is not too far, but there's definitely the the gaming component and what it costs to compete on a national scale in a D1 program is probably a lot less than it would be to, you know, buy a couple gaming rigs and monitors and play Overwatch. Exactly. And, and, and it really comes down to where it, it comes down to where you are and, and what you can offer for the students. Um, obviously, if you know, if you're St. Francis College here in Brooklyn, um, if you're offering a, a full scholarship to be on the Overwatch team and University of Kentucky is only offering, you know, a quarter of a scholarship, Maybe that student goes to get that full ride because he doesn't have to worry about tuition. So now 
you're talking about a, a competitive advantage for a small a small school uh, versus that that big brand. Yeah, it's very interesting. So, I guess to kind of like bring it all together, what's the timeline on this? Do we really think it's the next three, four years, five years, a decade? Like, when is you know we're gonna have these packed stadiums? Or even high school level where you have this Friday night lights where everyone's going to the football game in Texas because, like, that's what you do. Is everyone going to go to the Friday night League of Legends team to, like, root them on and have a big homecoming like you do for the football team? Yeah, I think – I still think we're a little bit ways away. Um, I still think California is – I think California is a little bit ahead of the curve, uh, especially in Orange County where, um, where I was previously at. Orange County is doing a really good job. Gaming is a it's a very strong community over there, especially with all the developers there. Okay, because of the tech world over there. Yep. So I think I think over there you'll start to see a lot more things advancing. Um, but here in New York City, I, I think it's a really big opportunity. I think it's a really big market, um, especially with everything that we have here, um, all the teams that we have here. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. So, you know, just kind of building off an announcement from earlier this week you know prediction is partnering with cei to raise funds for its esports program it's part of giving tuesday cei will be hosting a charity event on december 3rd in new york city at os to help benefit um the center so you know if you can come out definitely come out opens at 6 p.m on tuesday december 3rd and if not feel free to visit bit.ly backslash cei esports for more information or to donate because at the end of the day we're all trying to help you know build for the future so jad i just want to thank you so much for coming on the show this is you know very insightful and really kind of showed us a whole nother angle of everything awesome thank you for having me so thanks again everybody for tuning in Make sure you follow me on Twitter, JustinJESQ. Make sure to follow Prediction Esports on Twitch and Twitter. And check out Apple Podcasts for all of our past episodes. Thanks and have a great night. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.